This Family Life News Podcast is made possible by the support of listeners like you. Good afternoon. I'm Family Life News anchor Sarah Harnish. Every other Wednesday, we come to you with real answers from a biblical worldview. With me is Christian counselor Chris Anderson. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, Sarah. Today's topic is social media use and mental wellness for minors. So last week, the big five, the owners of Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok, they all stood in front of Congress and lawmakers were angered at the bullying and the trafficking and the lack of protection for minors on social media. Here's Lindsey Graham. You have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product. That's killing people. Mom Marian Anderson in Auburn, New York, echoed what most parents think about gaming and social media. I don't know what they're doing. They're on the computer constantly. You don't know who they're talking to, and you don't know what ads they're looking at or what information they're seeing. So it's very concerning. All right, Chris, let's dissect this. <laughs> There's a lot there. It is. I heard yeah. that sound bite, and I'm like, yes, I'm a mom of five. Yeah. It's exactly what I walk. You spend so mm-hmm. much time protecting your home and keeping influences out of it, but then the kids go get in front of the game system or they're 16 years old and been going to church camp since they were eight years old but the stuff they're looking on their phone you would never put on your television what impact is social media having let's just put it this way this is a giant de facto social experiment if i can call it that and not that it couldn't have been foreseen to some degree when mark zuckerberg and others threw that switch for the first time to turn on facebook but social media has fundamentally changed to some degree the way people interact socially and Some changes, believe it or not, there are some changes that are good. But of course, right now we're addressing what changes are not good, the harmful impacts today. And as you said, even back in 2011, 13 years ago, Facebook was a contributing factor to one third of all divorces. So with respect to minors, it has increased comparison on a number of levels. In other words, minors are comparing themselves to their peers. It's also increased bullying, cases of mental illness, including depression, and in extreme cases, suicides have been attributed to not only excessive social media use, but overuse of online activities as a whole in our young people, and also in others who spend too much time online. But social media use and the constant flow of sensationalized reporting and editorializing, again, not real journalism here, and the ability to comment on the spot without giving serious thought to what you just read has given people the opportunity to rehearse really bad behavior, and that eventually comes out in action. So this isn't just a problem with our youth, but again, society-wide for folks who engage in excessive and inappropriate social media usage. Okay, you just confirmed all my fears. So can the big five, (laughs) do you think they can actually put some safety guards in that will work? Is it possible? How do you even put regulations in that could stop a 16-year-old or a 17-year-old from seeing an ad or, you know, AI-generated information they think is appropriate for based on what they're saying to other people? And if you don't think it's possible, what can we do to build some boundaries? Well, Sarah, I don't think the question that needs to be asked is, can they, but will they? It is totally possible. The problem is that these safeguards have in the past been labeled as censorship. But then again, these are people who are determining what should and shouldn't be put out there. But then there are people that will protest that it's infringing on their rights and the freedom of speech and expression. Well, 
The problem goes deeper, Sarah, and as a nation, we've lost our sense of responsibility and our individual rights have started to supersede our love for our neighbors and doing what's right. We are a society that is running around demanding our right to live according to our own truths. This is the core problem, I would say. We no longer have a sense of shared values. The more our society diverges from biblical values, the more of this that we're going to see. But your second question, Sarah, is so important. What can people do to build in boundaries? I'll tell you what, I wish we had a whole hour to discuss this, you know, so parents, listen closely. You need to start early. Monitor closely your children's online activities. Be consistent with enforcement of online rules that you as a parent set in place. And people aren't going to like this necessarily. Your child does not need their own device. I would argue that children under the age of 16 do not need a smartphone. And even then, you as the parent need to monitor their online usage if they are living under your roof and you are paying their bills. Also, get involved with your school boards, make your voice heard. Do not allow the school administrators to dictate to you what is healthy for your children. Know what they're being taught and what sources are being used to gather information to teach your children. Is there anything that you recommend for monitoring? Because I know as a mom, I just feel very overwhelmed. I don't really like the stuff that's popping up on their screen. And a lot of time, my sons aren't even looking for it. They have really good hearts. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to seek those things out, but it's what's coming up in the scrolling or in the ads Mm -hmm. or in the stuff that's getting shared on their friends' pages. You've got to keep the conversations going with your kids. And this is why I'm saying start early. Get them used to having conversations with you as a parent. And and be honest. Tell them you're not looking to stifle them. But share the danger of uncontrolled social media use. And again, you as a parent, you have to be willing to hold those boundaries firm. Over time, if you're consistent, that will have a big impact. There are also different types of software that you can install on devices for blocking inappropriate sites, particularly pornography. But again, keep the conversations open and going with your kids. One uh, good friend of mine, she, she had a tactic she uses that I thought was genius with her son's Instagram account. Every week, she followed five wholesome things on Instagram. And so he would be scrolling and all this stuff that's wholesome is coming up on, on his feed, like different Bible verses. <laughs> different devotions, people she was following that she wanted him to follow. And absolutely, if you want to have your voice heard, what are ways of doing it? And I'll tell you what, commenting on political commentary is not the way to do it. The right people that you want to hear your opinions and concerns are not going to be scrolling through your comments, especially if you're using a name that's not your own. <laughs> I mean, commenting on online news articles simply allows you to vent most often in an inappropriate way that only serves to increase your own anger and frustration, thereby impacting your mental health and having absolutely no positive impact on the issue itself. If you want to get your voice heard, go old school, do some research, prepare a presentation if you need to, and then do one of two things things, write to your school boards or your elected officials and request a follow-up communication with you. Make an appointment with your reps at both the state and federal level for a Zoom call or an in-person visit. Believe it or not, they're more likely to listen when you take the time to do this. Letter writing campaigns too. I think about that and gathering together as a community because I know that Mm -hmm. there are many like-minded families around us. I think about like the homeschool groups that I'm part of or the women's Bible studies Mm -hmm. bringing this topic up. Hey, I'm really concerned about social media. Here's some ideas I have. Would you be willing to sign a letter and we'll send it into our state representative? You can even invite your elected officials, your school board reps to come to these meetings that you have. Keep things respectful, professional, 
but clearly researched with valid sources. Okay, be careful of clickbait. It's designed to entice your emotions and get you riled up, and then that becomes very unproductive. And again, it's causing you to rehearse behavior patterns that are going to lead to your personal mental health decline. As a counselor, do you ever have to take a social media break, just shut it all off and walk away? (laughs) I'm doing it right now, Sarah. (laughs) I'm not on Facebook right now, and that's for a reason. I needed a break from all the negativity that I was personally engaging in. So I'm speaking from experience here. And I encourage folks to put the phone down. What I've done, I'll be honest with you, is I deleted my Facebook passwords, and then I have it written somewhere that I cannot actually, I don't know what it is. I have to go and look it up if I'm going to re-engage that account. Makes it more difficult for me. None of the passwords are popping up on my computer for social media. So it's been really nice, actually. You can get really roasted on reels that play or stories that play content you wouldn't even click on. It's it's just crazy, yeah. the stuff that pops up in your feed. I feel like we yeah. could talk about this for two hours and go, and go on so many good topics. So Chris Anderson, Real Answers comes to you every other Wednesday. You can hear more of this feature at familylife.org slash news podcasts. Thank you for listening to this Family Life News Podcast. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, please share it with others and click the subscribe button to automatically receive future episodes. Family Life is a listener-supported ministry. Podcasts like this are made possible by your financial partnership. Find out more at familylife.org.